0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Pierre. That is Tim, my co host. Say hello to the people, Tim. Never. I refuse. People. What? We talk about horror movies on this show, and it is October, which means it's the Octoberthon in which we pump out as many episodes as we can muster for something of a marathon session for the month of October. And as part of that, we are trying to clean up some of the sequels that we've been working on recently. We started the Scream franchise last October. The Scream franchise actually won the vote last year, I believe. I I think that was the winner, um, if I remember right and of one of the one of the, the patreon votes and you know we did two you know a few months ago and we're finally getting to number three uh this october so you know, we'll be able do four in the near future and that'll round out the franchise but um i was not looking forward to three because you know stream <laughs> one is a really good movie stream two is you know it's a sequel it's not a bad sequel but it's a sequel it's you know if i was to describe stream two in a sentence it's stream two is indeed a sequel <laughs> and that, that'd be my feelings on it, it checks out so uh, we'll start spoiler free as we always do uh, we will we'll warn you about spoilers before we go into them um, and obviously there will be spoilers for the first two movies as we're talking about this even in spoiler free because it's kind of hard to avoid yeah. it so um, yeah, Scream 3 takes place a couple of years later, and the if you remember correctly, in Scream 2, a movie called Stab was released based on Gail Weathers' book, which was basically a movie version of the first Scream within the movie universe. So Scream 3 uh, takes place in Hollywood, where Stab 3 is being made, and the cast are start to be killed uh, by the, 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 the new Ghostface. And they bring in Gail... Patrick Dempsey, who's a cop, brings in Gail Weathers as a consultant. Dewey's already a consultant on the movie, and also kind of a bodyguard for one of the actresses, which is weird. And then Sydney eventually comes in because uh, she's been harassed by a killer, because of course she is. Um, and yeah, so it's all and it's all about the secret past of Sydney's mom, who came to Hollywood when she was like a, in her late teens and was here for a short amount of time. Um, so that's the the gist of the movie. Um, so I was not looking forward to this because Stream 3, even when I first saw it back in uh, 2000, uh, if that's when it came out. yeah, I thought it was 99, but I guess it's 2000. Um, I hated it at the time. Um, <laughs> watching it again, I'll just say it right now, I still hate it. I think it's a terrible movie. It's a complete <laughs> mess. And we'll get into why in a minute. But uh, Tim, how do you feel about Scream 3? Um, I was looking forward to it because I... I-
1: I also remember not liking it, but I mean, like everything, sometimes I, I get a little excited to watch something I haven't seen in a while because like, ooh, maybe I'll have a, a brand new appreciation for it. But uh, no, it definitely wasn't the case with this one. This is uh, an awful, awful movie. I Yeah, I'll I'll agree with you and I'll say I straight up hate it. Um, there's a few, very few <laughs> good ideas. Like um, w- when you're talking about like a kind of a meta series like this, I do think the idea of you know setting it in uh like hollywood and you know the idea of you know uh, they're also making a movie and then you know people in the movie are starting to die like okay i can see where there's fun stuff in that but it really just amounts to like a movie that just feel. I feel like sometimes they make these kind of movies where it's just like Hollywood people that want to be like, "Oh my god, isn't Hollywood crazy?" Like let's just make <laughs> jokes about like Hollywood and actors and like everything just feels like so much like oh look at look at us poking fun of ourselves. But it's like not funny. It's so stupid and uh, and the horror is not good. Yeah, and no, it's. Uh,
0: that, that like, stuff is the, tedious. I uh, just just on the the Hollywood like you know lifestyle yeah. and talking about producers and how th- like all of that stuff is really tedious to sit through. And all, all the jokes about you know because uh, Carrie Fisher has a cameo in this movie and she makes a joke how she's not Carrie oh, Fisher. Oh, oh, that is. But but she looks like Carrie that's Fisher. A, that's
1: my. <laughs> yeah, that's my most hated joke of all time. I hate whenever a movie uh, makes that joke. Like uh, there's a whole thing that they do in. Uh, I think it's the second Oceans uh i think it's oceans 12 they they do a joke like that with julia roberts and i i just absolutely hate it it's just you know when you have like a nerd brain where you have to overanalyze stuff but then it just kind of makes you you know start thinking like oh whoa wait in this universe this person does exist and they're being played by this person but it's not really that person because they're saying it's it opens up a can of worms i really hate it and it's not funny it's stupid um
0: i i mean i don't necessarily hate like if you build your movie around it, it doesn't necessarily not have to work if you've got something sort of fun idea with it. Like, kind of like, um, I mean, he wasn't actually playing Eddie Murphy, but you remember Bowfinger, where Eddie <laughs> oh, Murphy sure, yeah. plays both the actor but also this dorky guy, and he's playing both characters basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's You know, and, totally fine. Yeah. And, and, and they use that in the plot. Like, you could have done that with like the actor just being Eddie Murphy, and it probably would have still worked. They didn't, but it, it would have probably still worked, you know, yeah. for the joke. Um, and for the character, because it was like, the entire movie was built around, oh, we're going to fake it with this guy who looks like him, and claim that he's yeah. in the movie. Like, that, that was the point of the movie. Um. So, yeah, like, all those jokes don't work for me. The horror is terrible. There's so many scenes in this movie where you've got a group of four or five characters who are all scared as a pack because the killer's around, and I'm like, it is just a dude with a knife. Like, if you stand back to back, like, one of you may get stabbed, but you'll be able to, like, take him down. Like, I don't see why, yeah. especially, like, you know, there's a scene at one point where there's literally, like, uh, three guys and two girls, uh, and, you know, I mean, they're all adults, but you know what I mean, like, they're, and they're just, they're in a house, and they all get freaked out because they, they know the killer's around somewhere, and I'm like, there's five of you, and one of you is an ex-cop with a gun, like, why are you all yeah. freaking out like you're a bunch of children, and like, this big bad boogeyman's coming for, like, just stay together, you know, watch all directions, and you will be fine but for some reason they're all screaming and shrieking and we're supposed to you know in the music the scores going dan yeah. and then, and I'm like I'm supposed to I'm supposed to be acting like I'm scared or scared for the characters right now and I'm like I can't be because there's there's no tension to this um it's weird yeah.
1: and it really yeah and, and it's kind of weird because so much of the movie it feels like it's not about Sydney except for like then the end it becomes all about her
0: do, do you know why this like, is, Tim? There's a reason for this.
1: Okay, what <laughs> enlightened me? <laughs>
0: um, I can't remember the exact day count. but It was on the commentary. I remember listening to the commentary back, and you know, when I got had the DVD, you know, back yeah. in the day. Um, but they only had uh, Neve Campbell for something like eight or nine days to shoot all of her scenes. So oh, they, Jesus. they they specifically wrote the movie to accommodate the fact that they only had her for a limited time. That's why for the first like half of the movie, she's got a couple of scenes at the you know the house in the middle of nowhere. Which yeah. I'm I'm going to make the assumption they shot all of those scenes in one day, and then had her for yeah. you know the rest of her, her stuff for like a week. And that's like so that's why the movie she's missing for even though she's supposed to be the main character of the franchise. Because um, I think yeah. the, the fourth movie, which I don't remember too well, but I remember it being more of an ensemble in that movie, where she felt equal to doing, you know, and Gail and yeah. some of the new characters in the fourth movie. But whereas this one, it's weird because the plot is still clearly supposed to focus around her. She's still clearly supposed to yeah. be the the linchpin of the plot because the whole thing's about her mother's backstory. And that's the other thing. I hate everything it adds into the backstory. We'll get to that properly in spoilers. I hate all of it. I hate yeah. everything it says about you know how it inspires the original movie. I hate everything it says about, you know, because they do the thing where they bring Dewey, uh, not Dewey, sorry, uh, uh, Randy. Uh, because Randy, Randy. Kill, Randy, killed in the second movie, and they went, "Oh shit!" He was like a lot of people's favorite character because he was had to hold the horror movie rules. Mm-hmm. So they have this forced thing where he made a videotape talking about what happens if there's a third movie, which is really funny so now stupid. because he keeps talking about, "Oh, so if it's a third movie, in a trilogy, that's the final chapter," and I'm like, uh, "Scream Four yeah. happened now." Don't get me, <laughs> no, don't get me wrong part of the meta joke in Scream 4 is that it's a reboot that comes back years later which to be fair was a thing that was happening with a lot of franchises so so if yeah. like I can't really fault it too much because the whole joke in Scream 4 is it's making fun of like Friday the 13th and all those other things coming back after being gone for years when they're supposed to have ended so I don't want to like, make fun of it too much for that but it does play weird in this scene knowing there's a Scream 4 because he's like it's the final chapter anyone can die Sid including yeah. you um, and which, is, which is weird it's also oh, there you go, there you go <laughs>
1: I was like, well, no. It, it's also just like so stupid, where like the people are like treating what he says like it's a improvable fact.
0: Yeah. Like, the, like the...
1: oh no, like he he's right.
0: Yeah, because immediately but,
1: like, w- w- I feel like, like the other.
0: Do he's taking notes? Do he's got a notepad out and taking notes of yeah. what he's saying? <laughs> and he's like, the killer will be indestructible this time. Nothing will put him down. And I'm like. Yeah. But in this franchise, he is still just a pair. It's not like he's Jason or Michael, where he is kind of like yeah. supernatural, like. <laughs> the, 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 like but the, the, but the strange thing is, at the end of the movie, he is actually on. You know, the killer's unkillable for a while. You know. Yeah, yeah,
1: oh, and and because like yeah. I feel like in the first movie, it is more like a kind of like a funny commentary of like, oh, don't you guys realize it? Like we're almost kind of like in a horror movie, and if you're in a horror movie, there are like these rules like this, and then you have the, um. All right, all right, so here's my big complaint about the Scream franchise, not just this movie, but as a whole, is I, I feel like it doesn't really live up to uh, it, its kind of gimmick where it starts with, you know, it's like uh, the idea of having killers that are obsessed with horror movies and, you know, they're playing by horror movie logic and by, um, you know, at like, you know, you get they ask you like horror movie related questions and stuff. And, uh, and I feel like, you know, they do that in the first one, but then it just kind of, you know gets so far away from that and then um
0: yeah to the point where i would agree before it i was gonna say i would agree that you could probably do like this concept of a horror killer who is inspired by horror movies probably better than scream did i think that element of scream works to a point but i probably i do agree that i mean it would be compared to scream a lot which would be the, the reason why someone might not fund it but i feel like you could make another movie the you know where the killer is like no i want to be jason verhees and i'm going to like manipulate everything i can yeah. to give that appearance that i am this unstoppable killing machine and like i mean i guess, I guess you could argue that that mockumentary uh leslie vernon uh behind the mask oh, oh yeah yeah uh like behind the mask behind the mask yeah the rise of leslie vernon whatever it's called like that kind of did that in a weird way in a sort of mockumentary with yeah. style but um you, you i mean you could do something more with that um but, you know, for for me, you know, Cabin in the Woods came out, uh, you know, and oh, sure. ba- basically said, hey, this is how you do the meta like satire for horror movies. Um,
1: yeah. And then, and I just feel like, though, that works in the first movie when you have a, yeah, character like Randy Hussain, like, you know, who's starting to put stuff together where, like, hey, it feels like we're in a horror movie, and, like, here's kind of, like, the rules of that and whatever. Uh, but then I feel like by the time you get to this movie, it's, like, so over the top where it's, like, you're seriously telling me, like, I I mean, this guy would have had like some weird break from reality if he legitimately (laughs) thinks he's in a horror movie and to the point where he's making tapes about like what happens if he dies. And then like, also, I guess everyone is kind of also having that similar affliction because they're. Treating what he's saying as gospel and like taking notes mm-hmm. down, <laughs> it's this, this so stupid. The
0: scene's actually really weird how it starts as well because they they go out the movie set and for some reason Randy who has a sister who we've never heard of just appears from a door <laughs> behind them and I'm like, where did she come from? Was she waiting in this trailer? Like did they give her a trailer to wait in? Because like they yeah. let her. How, why did she even go on set? How who let her on? Who, who let her in here? <laughs> it's so weird. See, it's, I, a, it's a movie set. You can't just stroll onto yeah. a movie set. <laughs>
1: I wish uh, – if anything, I wish at least like she would have given the spiel because I just – I I mentioned this before, but I just hate Jamie Kennedy so much. Oh, yeah, sure. I think he's awful <laughs> and so annoying and, and again, the idea of actually believing your bullshit that much that you go ahead and make a videotape is just so stupid to me. But at least if they have the sister where it's like, oh, she's like from the same crazy family so she can <laughs> deliver it too. Like why not?
0: Yeah, because I, mean, I, I think there's a way. Like, cause the, the, the main point he gets across, I think, is the idea that you know, if it's a trilogy, then it'll go back and like change the backstory, and you'll learn things you never knew before. Like, I think that point can. Is come that up. a
1: trilogy thing? <laughs> mm, not I, like I, not really. I guess some movies, like yeah, you know, I wouldn't say uh, that it's unheard of. Like there, there have been movies that you know do that but i feel like that's not a i feel like there's just as many know, thing that happens in every
0: yeah i feel like that happens just as much in second movies as it does in third movies i don't think it's specific sure, to yeah. third movies um i feel like this is yeah. just forced so they can like do their movie <laughs> like, that's just that's why it's that oh, line totally, yeah. um very interesting when i was watching this on stream uh, last night uh someone gave me a bit of trivia that apparently they recorded like over two hours of him speaking in that videotape because they kept rewriting yeah, what they wanted Lord. him to say. So they had tons of different versions. Uh, <sighs> so who, who knows? Who knows? What, what, Mark what me the... down
1: for never wanting to watch that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder how many other trilogy rules they had and like deleted and said, nah, 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 that makes no sense. Or nah, 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 yeah. nah, we'll <laughs> stick to this or, or whatever. Um, yeah. Patrick Dempsey's sees this weird inclusion. He's a nothing character. He's there to be the cop. And I actually said when I was watching this last night that. What are the interesting things they could have done with this, Be- because we're at a point now where we've kind of moved it beyond just being a horror movie because but you know the, the scare factors kind of went away and it doesn't really feel that creepy or anything like that and um, this idea that the killer is going after um actors and he's leaving photographs of sydney's mother with between, with each crime it starts to feel more like mm-hmm. something like seven or a serial killer movie right like that where it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like a slasher it feels like a uh you know an investigative thing and I almost thought to myself, "Well, what if that's what they actually did with this movie? Is that it focused on the cops? They still had the characters come back and whatever, but they focused mm-hmm. on the cops and made it more of a satire of like Seven or whatever, and sort of veered into something mm-hmm. slightly different. But they don't really do that. Like they they, they just, it's just the cops are just kind of well, there, and there's not much to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what I, I what I thought would maybe be more interesting, or what I kind of liked, is uh, you know if they were trying to like uh, convince Sydney that her mother is still alive, or like a ghost or something, because uh, you know they have, um, you know, you're in Hollywood, so oh, there's stuff you do with special effects, and they have like.
0: Oh, Tim, I hate the the, the the dream ghost sequences so much. I freaking hate them.
1: I actually, <laughs> honestly, I kind of like that sequence. Like, I, oh. in terms of like, I think creepiness. I actually thought it was like probably like the best directed scene, but it ends up being so pointless that. Well, like, this is the, I, I, this is I think thing. it would have been fine if that was actually a real scene and then you find out it's because oh yeah it's a Hollywood person trying to scare her into thinking that her mother's alive oh, but I don't know.
0: Inst- instead I, of it being a dream sequence is just pointless I just like as soon as that scene starts and as this goes back to the first time I ever saw it, you know I was like a 10 11 watching this for the first mm-hmm. time when I saw this scene i just grown the first time I saw it. i still grown now. And I think the reason why i grow grown as soon as it starts is because it's just, it's not Scream. This was never a thing in Scream. Oh, sure. This was never yeah. seeing the dead parent. And, you know, later on when the killer's like wearing like a sack and like doing the mother's voice. Because obviously, the big, big thing in this movie is that the killer not only has the voice changer to do the creepy voice, he also has... High tech CIA technology where he can <laughs> turn his voice into the other characters' voices. So he phones people as Dewey, as Gail, as Sydney, and tricks them into things. Uh, the opening scene sets that up, and you know, so on. The, the, you know, and it's nice to see Lance Henriksen because I like Lance Henriksen. You know, Patrick Warburton's got a small role, which is kind of interesting.
1: I surprised at how many people were in this.
0: <laughs> yeah, Emily Mortimer is playing the actress who plays Sydney in the movie. Um, the, so, uh, yeah, like,
1: yeah, oh sorry, it was like a like Jenny McCarthy. Jenny um, McCarthy's
0: there, who who's only in like two scenes. I actually thought she was in more of this movie, but she's only in like two scenes. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah and and uh, Parker Posey uh, Parker is actually Posey's in it quite a quite a bit.
0: Yeah, honestly, um, she she's probably the biggest character that's new, like in the sense that she yeah. gets, <laughs> she, she gets the most screen time of any of the new characters. Um, and to be fair, honestly i didn't hate the 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 joke that she kept trying to be gail and you know when she's with gail that joke's okay her being like this method actor and trying to like say well my gail would do this and like gail being annoyed at her was kind of a funny thing um although funny enough when i was watching it last night on stream one of the the most common like uh things that were being said in chat when gail showed up was how much uh they all hated her hair cut in this movie she's got this like these like small bangs which which you didn't it's have weird. in the others, and yeah. uh, it is kind of weird. It looks very different from the other movies, but it's it's a whole yeah. thing. Um, now the whole thing, I, I, like like all these other ca- characters. Uh, the the dude that's playing the the black guy who's playing the not doy. I'm oh, mm-hmm. sorry, the, the not Randy replacement. Uh, mm-hmm. he, I believe he was in Sister Sister. I think I remember him from Sister Sister oh, okay. back in, <laughs> back in Nickelodeon in the day when I when I'd watched such a thing. Um, yep. Which I would have been when this came out, because even though I was watching horror movies already, I was, <laughs> st- I was still watching, you know, stuff like that. Sure. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of faces. There's a lot of faces in this that you recognise uh, from from various things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even recognise Emily Mortimer right away. It was you know, it was it was only later where mm-hmm. I saw Alex. I was like, oh yeah, as a young you know, Mortimer. Um yeah. You know, Roger Corman's in there at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and there's a Bill... There's a, not Bill and Ted. Uh, there's a, you know, Silent Jane or Bob. Jane, and, Silent, Jane Bob. Silent Bob. That's the phrase I'm looking for. That
1: is, like, unbelievable to me that you would, like... I I mean, again, I, I guess if you're trying to have fun and trying to do, like, a Hollywood send-up movie, whatever, you can have dumb cameos, but, like, you know, it's... You know, I guess there's always jokes and funny moments in the screen movies, but I don't think of it as, like, a funny series, and this is just, like, such a crazy thing to have it's like truly truly bizarre
0: yeah i think yeah scream 3 like it forgets that it's supposed to be a horror movie and the horror stuff feels Mm -hmm. so uninspired like it feels like craven just didn't care anymore about the horror which is really weird (laughs) Totally. Um, now i've only seen four like once so like we'll see how the quality is when we get to it but Mm -hmm. i remember my feelings on scream 4 being that it was definitely not even a horror movie anymore it wasn't even trying to be but I remember the just the general movie working better than this did, just because it was more kind of in line with the satire elements. But yeah, I I only saw four once. Uh, I
1: saw it in theaters, but I remember thinking it was like okay, like I I'm excited to revisit it again to see you know, cause I don't remember much about it,
0: but I, like... I, I, I genuinely don't know if I'm going to like it more or less than stream two. I actually don't know. I, I definitely think I will like it more than stream three because stream three is gutter, utter garbage, but yeah, that's, that's not hard. <laughs> yeah. But is it better or worse than two? I actually don't know. I'm curious to find out cause you know, I, I don't remember yep. it well enough to have an opinion. Um, What's interesting though is when I first saw Scream Four is that you know Emma Roberts is in it and I didn't know her yet, mm-hmm. but now I'm a, fan, I'm a fan of Scream Queens and a fan of other things she's done, so I'll be interested yep. to go back to it now and, and watch it with that in mind.
1: Definitely, and uh, I, I could be wrong, but didn't they? Isn't I, I mean I know I feel like they say this about everything nowadays, but like, uh, aren't they talking about doing a Scream reboot?
0: I think so. I think there was some news about so. that. There was also a TV I, show. I, I, I mean. <laughs>
1: yeah uh, I haven't seen the TV show I don't know if uh, uh, maybe if, uh, if any listeners have seen it if it's uh, if something we should check out let us know but um, oh I've seen uh, some didn't of it not seem that interesting I've, I've seen it, most it, I've seen
0: most of season one time
1: alright it's. I'm sure I'm sure it's bad but it's garbage it's absolutely garbage <laughs> okay. it was uh, I think it was on MTV which I don't I don't really trust anything from them <laughs> yes yes and why should
0: you why should you
1: anything nowadays they had some good cartoons back in the day but
0: yeah uh so let's just give the spoiler warning so we can talk about everything because i feel like yeah you know we want to actually dig into the plot and stuff now um so like we say the movie opens with a cotton weary uh death scene and hmm. i think this was them trying to do the shocking opening death because you know the first movie had the drew barrymore death cotton was a major character in the stream two so let's kill him off in the opening scene and that's the big exciting opening to, to stream three hmm. um and
1: he's like all famous now he has a uh, talk show called 100% Cotton which yeah, yeah that's funny but uh, I mean it does feel like a little weird like why would this uh, like just because you escape a, a murder rap you get your own TV show but whatever
0: well that um, was his whole thing in Stream 2 because in Stream 2 he he wanted like a book deal he wanted to become like a, a famous person like that, that's what at least it, it lines up with what he wanted in the second movie
1: sure yeah
0: so uh, i mean uh,
1: it well uh, it's one of those weird things where i always say like oh come on that would never happen in real life but uh, i don't know i guess we are living in a weird world where like there's no like everything that you think would be satire is actually happening so i, I don't maybe it's not necessarily that out of the realm of possibility um but i i, I do gotta say um it was interesting like seeing like you know a, a lot of shots in here uh uh, of like places uh, that I recognize, like you know him uh, driving. Uh, I was like, oh hey, I've driven on that. I know those <laughs> exits and that highway and stuff before. Uh, obviously, it's about twenty years earlier, but it's still recognizable.
0: Yeah, um, that was that was actually the other thing. I was like, oh man, this movie's. Tw- I mean, I, I thought it was '99, so it's only nineteen years old. But I mean, I was like, man, like I, I, sometimes it shocks me, like like how far away we are from like 2000 now. Like I'm like, Jesus. Yeah <laughs> it, it really surprises me you know there's people who there's people next month who are going to turn 18 who weren't born when 911 happened which is Jesus. insane <laughs> to me insane it's a whole new generation um, <laughs> but you know I I am um, the opening scenes whatever you know it sets up the whole voice changing thing cuz you know the killer uses Cotton's voice also uses like a female voice to trick him as well which you know, it shows Cotton's still a bit of a dick because he's got his girlfriend waiting at home for him. But when he gets a caller who gets a wrong number, but she's like, "Oh, are you Cotton Weary, I'm a big fan." Like he, he wants to flirt with her uh, just because that seems because he's on another call and he like, tells the other person to go away. He's like, oh, I've got another call. I'm going to take this this fan who wants to flirt with me because my yeah. ego my ego loves it." Um, <laughs> and you know, yeah. the, the kill scenes. One of the things that I felt you know when he gets killed was that at this point. Um, like the kill scenes and scream because the first movie had some fun kill scenes even just the stabbings felt kind of brutal this just felt kind of like mm-hmm. oh we've, se- we've seen ghostface stab people before he just gets stabbed in the chest and that's it and the music's going yeah. ta, ta. you know i can't do it but the scream soundtrack has a lot of like <laughs> like uh, vocal stuff in it and um mm-hmm. you know drum beats and stuff like that and it's doing this stuff mm-hmm. and I just kind of felt like, you know, I've seen Ghostface do this. It's not an interesting kill. And it it kind of, that goes throughout the movie. None none of the kills are that exciting. The kills are really boring. Nothing, I don't remember a single kill in this movie that made me go, oh, that was was exciting or fun or look cool or was inventive in any way, shape or form.
1: Yeah, because you have so many, like, you know, in the, in the first one you have the opening sequence and then you have, like, you know, the garage door kill and then, like, you know, in the second one you have, like, the kill in, like, the soundproof room and, yeah, the opening, like, theater kill. Yeah. So there's, like, there's always interesting stuff. Like, this, like, yeah, I, I really couldn't, uh, you know, I just watched this, like, you know, two days ago and I, I really couldn't tell you, like, any kills that stand out.
0: No, I think they're all just stabbings except the one guy who blows up, but more on that later because I have a lot of yeah, thoughts. Yeah, there's an
1: explosion. Yeah, I have Jesus. a lot of
0: thoughts on that explosion scene. Um... <laughs> and you know, because they because they figure out that they're killing them in the order they die in the script, because it's the actors who are being killed off. And Cotton was in the movie; he was actually going to play himself <laughs> in the movie. Jesus, um, <laughs> yeah. I know, weird. Um, but like, mm. so so you know, they're on set, and you know, I I do kind of like does uh, the, the the Patrick Dempsey's partner. Uh, who I kept referring mm-hmm. to as not Ben Stiller, because you you're kind of like Ben Stiller. And, yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, he was really deadpan in his delivery. He has nothing to do in the movie, really, but he has a couple of deadpan lines that made me laugh mm-hmm. because the uh, Lance Henriksen, who's the producer, turns around and he's like, hey, uh, detective, there was no reason to think that the murder had anything to do with uh, the film, right? And he's like, this is a movie called Stab. He was stabbed. And then he just walks away. That's uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was amusing it was an amusing enough light he's so deadpan that he was kind of amusing to yeah. but um you know and Jerry mccarthy's killed next she she you know she's introduced in a scene where all the actors are talking about the movie possibly being canned and she gets killed because yeah uh, well given that we know the killer ends up being the director i mean i guess he didn't have to fake his voice but at least at this point we think the killer's faking the director's voice um mm-hmm and he kills her in the the, the the you know the offices of the, the production set where, where it's all, all all the props and stuff and costumes and whatnot
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know it's like, again it's a nothing death and throughout this part of the movie we're introduced to like again Sydney's separate from the movie she's not around we're introduced to how gail gets brought in by the detective and how dewey's already there and how dewey's kind of living with uh the person who's playing gail uh, uh parker posey's character and mm-hmm. she's got a bodyguard paper with Patrick Warburton, and a lot of this part of the movie is just Dewey and Gail kind of bickering, and she's kind of jealous that he's with her, and mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they clearly still have um, things. Oh, I, I just saw there's a, a credit for Richmond Arquette who played a student in this movie. So I wonder who yeah. that was. I wonder, is that like a, a cousin, or a brother, or a sister? Not a sister, a bro, it'd be a brother. <laughs> Let's see if I recognize his yeah. face. Can I? Can I can kind I of pinpoint Remember. who he was in the movie? Probably not. The only thing I don't think I've ever heard of this Arquette. No, nor <laughs> have I. But he's clearly related. Um, he does kind of look like David Arquette. He may actually be his dad, honestly. <laughs> he looks kind of old. Um, interesting. Then again, this was a 2013 photo, so he probably wasn't that old in the movie. Yeah, so he probably. Yeah. He's a cousin or something. <laughs> he's a cousin. <laughs> oh, he was in Zodiac. Oh. Mm. Interesting, interesting, Richmond Arquette, mm. the, the long forgotten Arquette. Um, <laughs> so anyway, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, so Gail and Dewey are bickering mm. and all the rest of it. Um, Parker Posey's kind of awful in this movie; she's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, except when she's with Gail. When she's with Gail, does a, a little bit of amusing stuff. But um, mm. all of her stuff, freaking out about being killed and mm. um, yelling about you know being protected and. Whatnot is Mm -hmm. all kind of rough what one of my big problems about this movie actually is it doesn't really a good job it doesn't other than her she's the only one of the new characters who gets enough time where you feel like you actually know who she is because there's moments later on the film where it expects you to know who characters are because when gail and Mm -hmm. and um and you know parker posey go to investigate the records and they find where these photos of of uh of marine prescott were being taken when she was in hollywood Mm -hmm. it's oh they were here on the set and oh there's this list of movies. And, you know, Carrie Fisher's like, oh, those three movies, that's said uh, you know, the Milton, Milton, whatever movies. And that turns out to be Lance Henriksen. But the movie expects us to know that, I think, because I'm like, but he was in yeah. one scene. <laughs> we had one scene with Lance Henriksen. I didn't know what his name was. I didn't know he was the, this producer. He was, the you know, because, th- I mean, that's why Roger Corman's here because he's kind of the Roger Corman of, of, like, this, you know, fake movie, right? He did all these horror movies back mm-hmm. in the 70s. Um, and it turns out that him and a bunch of guys in his private screening room had sex with Maureen, and that's where you know probably the brother was born. More than that, later, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all of, I hate all this. Tim. I hate all. Sydney's <laughs> uh, like doing it's self. It's very bad. <laughs> well, not self help. She's she's doing like crisis help um, from from her private phone. Uh, as David on the stream pointed out last night, she has she has a an alarm system like a keypad. On her neat, like waist high wooden fence, <laughs> like like no one could just jump over the wooden fence. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she she has like a weird like yeah middle of
1: nowhere house. Um, I'm guessing somewhere up in the uh, I don't know if that's supposed to be like in the Hollywood Hills or something, but
0: um, I'm I'm assuming probably a pretty expensive place. <laughs> I mean, she she shows up. Um... Uh, pretty quickly when she decides to come to town. So I assume she's still in California somewhere, mm-hmm. at least. Um, if not, oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, if not, like, pretty mm-hmm. close to Hollywood still. But she, she, um, you know, she, she eventually gets a call from the killer after, like, a nightmare kind of thing, and that's what inspires her to come mm-hmm. in, out of hiding and, and meet up with everyone else. Um, uh, You know, so let's talk about the scene where they're all at Parker Posey's house, and the killer calls mm-hmm. them and faxes them like a new scene uh, that kind of leads to one of them dying. And this is where they all freak out, even though there's like five so of them, even though there's five of them, even though the light goes out, like you're, you're four grown people. Come on now. This is not that you're, like, you you can yeah. easily defend yourself bet- from one killer. And mm-hmm. especially since the killer always uses a knife. I mean, this is this is the important part here, right? Like the killer yeah. uses a knife, <laughs> um, but they all freak out and mm-hmm. run outside. But like the, the one guy who plays Dewey in the movie, goes back in notably it's not david schwimmer like the joke in the second movie said um but he basically reads the script and he he likes his lighter to see the, the the text and it mentions you know the, the the person who dies is whoever you know or the person who lives is whoever smells the gas and he he causes an explosion mm. so two things first of all he doesn't smell the gas because mm. gas is a pretty strong smell i mean have you, yeah. you smelt gas and like a house when it's like you know the when there's like a leak or you've left the the stove on or something
1: um i mean I, i've smelled gas before i mean probably not like a, a huge leak you know yeah <laughs> but yeah i i mean uh to to this point here where it is so overwhelmingly because there has to be a lot there for the house to go up like that
0: yeah the, whole, bil- the, the whole house explodes and one big explosion yeah <laughs> So Yeah, yeah that,
1: that should definitely be noticeable.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, but not only that, what, what really gets me about this scene is that the visual effect shows, how, shows the guy himself exploding first. Like, he kind of explodes. It's, it's as if the explosion comes from behind him and goes through <laughs> his chest, and then the building explodes. It's a really weird visual effect. Like, I don't know why they made that choice. It looks so stupid. <laughs> yeah, oh, I
1: have to dear. go back
0: and watch it. I, I didn't notice
1: that uh-huh, <laughs> on the sorry. first time, but... <laughs> I mean, and, and just the idea of them, like, faxing stuff over is so stupid and then like uh first of all like you know faxes aren't that fast because you know they're getting like it feels like pretty like they must be you know typing it up and doing stuff like pretty quick and I've um you know I've dealt with a lot of faxes at work I've never seen something go through that fast uh and then yeah just the idea with it like oh like again it's not scary to have like yeah four or five like grown adults like huddling over this thing and like looking at it and be like oh, oh what do we do
0: yeah so it's so weird and then uh, there's even a bit where they roll down the hill and the killer's there for a second and like he gets shot mm-hmm. but then of course he disappears and they don't get to see where he is or where he went or anything yeah the whole thing the whole thing um like and that's the other problem is like you know with so so the middle of the movie is kind of like you know once they realize maureen was here they go and interview lance henriksen and he's like yeah she was in some movies whatever like you know i, I don't know what goes on um, obviously when i realized it was this because she used a different name back in the 70s so you know when, once i realized yeah. it was the victim of, of the the real killings i didn't you know mention it because you know that, that would look bad in the press blah blah blah, blah. and Eventually, the killer kind of lures them to like a, a party at Milton's house uh, that he's throwing for the cast and crew, or just well, just the cast, really, the director. And Sydney's lured there as well because um, you know she, you know, basically, like again, there's a whole section of the movie where Dewey and Gail and the other characters are all in the house, and they end up with the killer. And there's a lot of chasing, there's a lot of killings happening. And eventually, the killer has them captive and lures Sydney out to the house uh, that way. On her own, so all like, all this kind of
1: it feels place. like, yeah. So when well, like it feels like again, it's not like scary, but it feels like a Scooby Doo episode where like they're running around this house and they're following oh, yeah. the secret passages and like that's dumb.
0: <laughs> no, it really does. They're looking for like, the secret hidden screening room and they end up and there's all these scenes you know eventually uh Parker Posey gets killed like, through through this mirror you know of, of course Milton has this creepy like one way mirror like in his bedroom or whatever so he, so people can watch what's happening in it um mm-hmm. of course he does the creepy bastard uh but you have yeah, um a good like 20 25 minutes of the movie again without Cindy it's like there's a reason why Cindy's not here for the bulk of the third act she she's separate and then until she shows up at the end because it's just the other characters. And we have a bunch of things. We have, you know, uh, Gail. there's a stupid knife throw at one point where the killer throws a knife at Dewey's head and it hits some like Sorry. handle first and knocks him out. Um, you know, we, we have all <laughs> these things. In fact, there's several scenes in this movie where Dewey's a complete idiot. Um, Dewey at one point says that he'll protect someone and he won't let anything happen to her and he immediately gets punched in the face. So The killer just comes out from the side and punches her in the face. Uh, there's another yeah. point in the movie after this where he he warns someone about something and then immediately electrocutes himself in the, in the outlet because he's like trying to like tinker with the the phone or something, um, and he gets mm-hmm. electrocuted. So Dewey is a complete idiot. It is is something <laughs> else. Um, they make they they make him a complete buffoon in this movie, uh, and I, I know he was always kind of a klutzy goofball, but like in this he's especially useless.
1: Yeah, it's like they they really amp it up and uh and and again much like a lot of the other comedy in the movie it just it doesn't i don't know it's not funny like you know you can kind of give stuff a pass if it's like you know if it's maybe not what you're expecting but it works like that's fine but it's just like i i'm never laughing like the jokes aren't funny they're not hitting it's just like very groan worthy
0: <laughs> yeah yeah there was there was a joke jamie McCarthy had a joke actually where she was saying oh uh, all these scenes are cliched i mean getting killed in the shower mm. you mean really haven't you seen vertigo like you know obviously she's referencing psycho yeah. but she says vertigo I, like ha 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 you know, yeah there's, there's, there's all these really forced jokes um but ultimately what i want to talk about here at the end of the movie the big thing i want to really get into is when sydney does show up and we end up in the private screening room um yeah. Uh, we get the reveal of the killer. You know, we get all the footage, the home footage shot of Maureen, like before, you know, the year before she died, where she was meeting up with Billy's dad and you know other stuff, because mm-hmm. uh, she was having an affair with him as well as Cotton. Um, and I guess it's kind of implied that Hollywood, like, because I mean, at least the way the killer sees it, you know, uh, Roman when he starts talking about it, he basically considers her being like assaulted by these producers and actors as like that was that's what made her quote unquote a slut, and that's why she became the way she yeah. is uh why she was having affairs with mm-hmm. so many men like that that's what he blames for it um i have so many questions about him in a minute but so we find <laughs> out that roman's the killer and th- again first problem i had with this is that he took off the mask and i went you know not not this time because I, I i remembered it but like the first time i saw this movie mm-hmm. my first thought was who's this because <laughs> roman roman is wearing glasses throughout the whole movie so he's not quite as recognizable immediately. But much like when they mm-hmm. said Milton's name earlier, as if we're supposed to know who that was, he's not actually that mm-hmm. prominent enough in the film that it feels like he's... he's like. And I kind of had this problem with two, where the killers ended up being these really minor characters, right? But yeah. Roman's such a small character. He's basically just there for comic relief up until this point that it just feels mm-hmm. so forced. And it just is like, really him um so that's problem number one problem number two is that the way this in- integrates into the backstory where he actually inspired billy and uh whatever thing his characters w- was called um mm-hmm. in the first movie he actually inspired them to do the killings in the first movie so i hate that i hate that the first movie only happened because this guy who have only retconned into the story in part three like t- you know told billy and showed billy what was happening with his dad and that's what inspired Billy to do what he did. I hate it.
1: It's it's really annoying. And I mean, I don't know if they're trying to go for a meta thing where they're like, oh, yeah, we're shoving this stupid retcon here uh, on purpose because isn't it annoying when movies do that? Like, I don't know if they're trying to say that, but um, it, it just kind of comes off as, no, this is a really dumb retcon that makes um you know what was a pretty simple story of the first movie into now this dumb complicated mess where you know you have to start thinking like oh, okay so when you're watching the first movie uh you know he's in the background filming stuff and then you know sending these things to these guys and kind of inspiring them and you know he's like this weird puppet master like it's kind of like the same problem i have with a lot of the um jigsaw movies uh or you know saw movies where it's so complicated and you just kind of have to go with the fact that there's this like mastermind that's manipulating things in a way where everything works out exactly how they want it
0: and, and it's uh, it's really stupid and annoying and he's kind of just lucky that they never successfully killed sydney in the first movie and he's kind of lucky yeah. that, that they inspired these other killers in the second movie who also failed to kill sydney so that he could eventually do his big reveal like there's so much convoluted like mess that builds up here with his whole plan because it sounds like you know this this was his movie he wanted all this to happen so he could eventually reveal it uh, so here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. He keeps saying in this scene how he never had the family that Sydney has. That he has nothing. That he's a, he's a loser. He mentions mm-hmm. earlier in the film that he's almost thirty. He is directing a studio produced movie at twenty nine. <laughs> That's actually really successful. Most directors yeah. don't get to make feature movies until they're at least in their thirties. Some some directors don't get to do it until they're in their forties. Th- for Christ's sake, like 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 he uh, he should feel so lucky that he gets to do this. And yeah. So also how did he like like so he so the, the guy who's secretly the killer who's send these like like hidden brother that marine had and rejected mm-hmm. right when he try to see her years ago um, and that's what turned him into a killer right so so this guy in four years of being rejected and wanting to kill everyone Rose to the rose enough in Hollywood to be given this this project, but just happened to be the adaptation or the sequel to the adaptation of the killings that happened that he inspired four years ago. It's insane. So 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 so, so he inspired Billy to do these killings. Gail wrote a book about it. They made a movie out of it. He did not direct that movie, but in four years became a big enough hot shot in Hollywood. And I, I mean, he's not a huge director. I mean, it's, it's a sequel that's like you know a nothing movie, sure. But he became big enough that he got this job specifically. Got this job that relates to the things that he wants to do, and then used it to kill off the the actors to lure out Sydney. Like he could not have planned most of this. It's impossible. No,
1: it's no, yeah, it's so impossible and ludicrous. And uh, and again, it's just like a. You know, them trying to kind of have a, like, uh, surprise you moment. Like, bet you didn't see this coming. And it's like, sure, uh, maybe it's a surprise, but it's also dumb and raises so many more questions than it answers. And uh, I don't know. It's a, honestly, it's like this whole movie. It's kind of like insulting to your intelligence. It
0: really is. Like, and they, they try and do the, the thing as well where, um, you know, she disappears for a minute and he's, like, confused as to where she is because he thinks he's killed her um -hmm. and you know it's 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 a it's a whole it's a whole thing um Mm -hmm. i like and you know Patrick dempsey's useless he just gets stabbed and Mm -hmm. uh you know is beaten very easily uh dewey and gale eventually break through three of the restraints and actually don't break into the room until after Mm -hmm. sydney's already won the fight um so they're kind of useless at the Mm -hmm. ending and then Mm -hmm. Dewey like shoots him because like, he gets back up like he usually like the killer usually does and Dewey shoots him like eight times in the chest and he doesn't go down he mm-hmm. just stands there screaming and which is obviously bullshit enough because it's unrealistic because he's not even reacting to the shots yeah <laughs> but on top of that like he actually like turns and looks at Sydney and Sydney says the head you got to shoot him in the head and then he turns back and <laughs> shoots him in the head but like. He's all The killer's only like seven, eight feet away from him, like, the time it takes him to turn and look at Sydney and get this advice, like, the killer could run towards him. <laughs> With the amount of screaming energy and rage that he had, that he was, you know, he was taking all these yeah. bullets, like, he could have totally run up and stabbed him. Although, I do want to point out, this is the only one of the three films, you know, so far, where Dewey isn't assumed to be dead, because Dewey, you know, he gets stabbed in the back in the first movie. Um and he gets stabbed in the soundproof room in the second movie and both times it's kind of at the end it's like oh he's on a stretcher he's okay he's actually not dead. Um, this movie they didn't do that, uh, which is cool. And then the other thing mm-hmm. they, they they did is almost a surprise and a twist that there's only one killer because the first two both had two. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately the killer is so absurdly like convoluted that mm-hmm. and uninteresting that it doesn't matter. he's terrible. It's absolutely garbage i
1: mean almost maybe would have been more interesting if it was just like some weird copycat killer where they take off the mask and it's just like who's this guy like i have no idea uh instead it's like oh the shoving this backstory into it is like just so uh so messy and yeah the whole i mean I, i don't know exactly how they work but like even if you're wearing a bulletproof vest like there's still got to be like some impact. Like, it's not like you just feel nothing. <laughs> like Yeah. Cause, cause
0: Sydney's uh, wearing one and she goes down, but obviously she's not killed, but you know, she, she feels the impact. Yeah. Whereas he is just like taking it like a tank. He's not even reacting. Yeah.
1: And like, I guess maybe you can say like, he's so hopped up on adrenaline or, or whatever. Maybe he's, you know, uh, having like a different type of reaction and stuff, but yeah, there should still be something. And, um, yeah and and it is weird like that he is like almost like a monster at this point like he's just screaming uh but it's also very strange that he's yeah not running after them (laughs) like you know slicing trying to slice them or something he just like gets up and screams and it's like almost again like he knows like oh this is the part where i have to like stand up and try to scare you and then um yeah I don't know how many bullets uh his gun holds because it's like just kind of a small gun but it seems like it, it shoots quite a quite a number before he finally <laughs> shoots him in the head
0: yeah yeah and apparently yeah, apparently these killers are like zombies you have to aim for the head i mean like which was a fine joke <laughs> in the first movie it was a fame when they first brought that up um and in the yeah. second movie it was a lesson but at least it was funny because they were expecting the one killer to get up but it was a second it was the second one who got up so they kind of subverted your expectations um, yeah. this, this movie is like okay we've done this already where the killer gets back up like we don't need to do it again it's just it, it, so much of it feels like a retread it just feels like the heart wasn't in the story and so much of the story was written the way it was because they couldn't have Neve Campbell for that many days so they had to sort of rate yeah. it so she's missing for a lot of the main plot it's really weird and I mean it would totally <sighs> be fine if it was like you know they want to do
1: something that, like oh this is more like Gale and Dewey's story, uh, but then they can't do that when the killer is so entrenched in Sydney's backstory. So it's, it's
0: just such like a weird mess. It feels like there was a version of the script that assumed Sydney was going to be around because they based yes. all the thing on about like her mother's past, and then they found out that they couldn't have her for that long. So they had to like keep, they wanted to keep the, the the same story ideas they had, but had to rewrite it so Sydney wasn't there for the bulk of the the movie um mm. i don't know it's it's weird uh, i'll tell you we never talked about the scene where sydney's at the the movie uh set and she's in the set mm-hmm. of the oh, yes. the houses from the first movie because they've got the the the, the house where the party happened and also sydney's house mm-hmm. so she goes into sitting like her own bedroom but in the movie set um and of course the killer shows up with the the sheet over his head and he's doing the he's doing the the, the voice the mother's voice and try to freak her out uh This whole chase sequence, like, I actually, I mean, I think on paper I like the idea of, like, having sets from the first movie and sort of using it to, like, mess with the characters, but I don't really like the execution. I think it ends up feeling just kind of, because again, like, as soon as she, like, falls out of the house, all the lights turn on and all the, like, the cops and everyone runs in and they're like, oh, what happened? He's like, oh, was here, he was here. And it just, it feels, again, like a cliche. It reminded me a lot of, um... Mm -hmm. Scenes in the first two movies where Sydney's attacked, but then there's no no sign of the killer, yeah. and they're debating if it really happened or not, or you know, mm-hmm. or if the, or if it's the boyfriend who's the killer in stream two. Like it's just all, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like they just they were retreading a lot of the same ground, but with all this extra yeah. bullshit on top of it, that just didn't make it work for me and made it feel less like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that the the who done it element is just done at this mm-hmm. point. Like I don't care about the mystery of who the killer is. I feel like. What they should have done for Scream Three is actually just, you know, let us know who the killers at the start and have it have it be their POV, like do like a Hmm. like a killer's perspective movie in Scream. That might be interesting. Oh sure, you know, let us see how they plan and like set things up and like um, do a different type of killer. Do someone who maybe is just a bit more crazy and isn't just like does have this big motive. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I just want to go back to you know the idea of like you know people being trapped in a horror movie and how you know you respond to that and and everything where yeah i I just feel like it's so lost from that and you know and you can do and you know obviously since there's a meta nature to it you can do uh you know like stuff about you know pointing things out about trilogies uh but I mean, again, they just kind of have the one scene with it, and again, it's not even like a thing that's really like that prevalent with, you know, third movies. I
0: I feel like um, having the whole meta thing where they're on the movie set for like the movie about the movie is kind of almost makes it impossible to just do what the first movie did, where it's like, okay, they're in a horror movie and and they're going to sort of point out the tropes because inherently, most horror movies aren't set in a meta fake movie set. (laughs) Like, that's just not how most horror movies work. So, (laughs) I almost wonder, do you think it would have been better to make the mo- the series an anthology where Scream 2 would be like a different horror genre? So like, there's the first one's a, like a slasher movie, the second one's like a haunted house movie, but with the meta kind of satirical element to it. Actually, yeah, I think that would be a, a really interesting idea. Yeah, the third one's like a um, vampire movie. Because yeah. Scream is such like a, just a generic horror movie title, you could use that for every subgenre. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, actually, I I like that idea a lot, because instead, you know, they kind of put themselves into this position where they kind of keep having to like top themselves. So, you know, we have to have something even more surprising for the first one. And then like, yeah, we we still have to kind of keep going back to the original and tying everything in. And it's like, you know, you're really just kind of you know hitting yourself over the head uh, at that point where yeah, the sad part is, um, is you know that, if you could just have a clean break you know
0: the sad part is, is the idea probably wouldn't work because even though we appreciate scream because of the meta like satire of it sure i feel like the mainstream audience just like ghostface and the killings and that's why the sequel had that's to true. be Ghostface yeah. and the killings again it had to be these characters again um oh sure yeah it would, it would be a halloween 3 situation where people would be like hey I- how comes Ghostface isn't isn't here. Yeah. Also, yeah. Neve Campbell, I mean, uh, like I do, I do want to say as well, I think she was sleepwalking through this movie. I don't think she was trying at all uh, in her part. Um I, I think it was clear she yeah, didn't she's, she didn't want to be there. She 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 wanted to be away doing making all things.
1: Yeah, yeah, because she she is a good actress, but like you know, she definitely doesn't really have much to do here.
0: Yeah, I I just I feel like she was sleepwalking through it. Um, so yeah the movie, movie's really rough uh, obviously the end of the movie is they're back at her place uh, apparently mm. she may be dating Dempsey because he's also there with some popcorn uh, but now she's willing to leave her door unlocked Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the big end of the movie yeah. is that she's willing to leave her door unlocked well not even unlocked but like The door is blown open
1: and she just leaves it open. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, at least close it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I wouldn't leave it open either. But she's in the middle of nowhere. Maybe this is like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave it open. Let the fresh air in. Why not? Um, Yeah. Let the
1: rattlesnakes and
0: the badgers come in. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Dewey uh, proposes to Gail. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing that happens. Because you see, (laughs) between two and three, they actually got married in real life. So. Um Oh that's nice. So you know. I mean they're divorced now. I I, I think they were divorced before Stream Four <laughs> happened actually, so but it's so it's funny that they're actually still a couple on Stream Four, but they're actually they were already divorced by that point. So you know. Oh. That's the thing. Uh, I'm sure that was fun to, mm. to, to act out. Um Yeah. Scream <laughs> stream three is just a really rough time. It like this the scare stuff mm. doesn't work, the kills aren't inventive, the characters the, the actors don't feel like they want to be back for the most part. Um it's, the, the the script has been frankensteined out of because the plot ideas I don't even like, the retcons to the story I don't like but then they had to frankenstein it to fit like Neve Campbell's schedule so the whole thing just feels a bit messy, the cop mm-hmm. characters are just dull, everything about it just feels like like emotionless and there has no like spark behind it, like you know Scream felt like no, Wes Craven had a great idea and he wanted to really explore it and then Scream 3 feels like no no the studio wants a sequel so I'm going to turn out a sequel and this is mm-hmm. what it is. It it feels like such a studio sequel, so uh that's Scream Three. It's a big giant dog turd. <laughs> Timmy. Yep. <laughs> would you like would you like to rate the movie? Would you like to summarize? I mean, I
1: wouldn't I wouldn't like to, but I guess I have to. Um Uh I I feel bad because, you know, I love my boy Wes Craven. Um, you know, so I hate to uh you know, to give a movie of his a low score, but I think I got him. man. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, you know, it's, like, ah, it's Wes Craven, it's, a, you know, a notable franchise that a lot of people like, so I feel like I can't go too low, but then when I'm trying to think of, like, you know, stuff that I would give points for, you know, it's, like, well, uh, the, there isn't really, like, you know, the characters aren't great, the the kills aren't good mm-hmm. the story sucks and you know and and not even to the point where it's bad but to the point where it actually makes me angry so it's like it can't really think of like almost any saving graces about it uh so i mean it's gonna be pretty low but i think i'm gonna give it a two <laughs> just because like you know yeah at, at, at least we'll go that high because you know it is like again like you know we, we say before of like really low scores where it's like well at least it you know looks like a movie at least the camera is pointed in the right direction though <laughs> you can tell what's happening with the lighting yeah. and yeah like, um, you know i i do like these characters to an extent that i guess i'm not like angry to see them but again i can't really think of what else would make me want to go much higher than that
0: yeah i feel like i i am going to go with a three out of ten and again the three is basically because it is a professionally made movie it looks like a movie and it you know because typically when i'm going lower than this it's because it makes me so angry because the technical qualities are like so bad it's incoherent i can't make sense this this is kind of a this is a very messy movie in terms of its script but it does i mean i'm never confused by it like a lot of the choices are terrible like the the, the story directions and Sure. Like the, the things they do in it are terrible, but it does at least make like I can follow it. Like I don't know if make I don't know why I want to say it yeah. makes sense, but I can follow it. Um Right. And yeah, so I'm gonna give it a three out of ten. It's really bad. It's it's you know, it's it's a it's a nosediving quality. Uh and two wasn't even that good, but it was it was fine. It was a fine sequel with some ideas that were okay. And yeah, like
1: I know a lot of people that really like two um it, it's definitely not for me. I mean, even even going back, I'm just you know, starting to wonder <laughs> how much I, I, I like this franchise. Uh, but I, I know it's beloved. I know a lot of people like it, but I
0: don't know. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's just... got one really good movie. Like, that, that's what Stream is. It's got mm. one really good movie and then your mileage may vary with like the, some of the sequels. But I think yeah. th- 3 is the one that most people dislike. 3 is the one that's just, no, this is just shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just how it is. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that is uh that is stream three. This has been another episode of Streams After Midnight during the Octoberthon of twenty nineteen. Um thank you very much uh for, for joining us. Um you can support the show and everything we do here, and all these episodes we're producing by ignoring you know, patreon.com slash mailfuzz where you can support us for as little as one dollar per month, and you get bonus episodes once per month. You get four during the Octoberthon, actually. There's four exclusive episodes going up, mm-hmm. But for one dollar per month, you get an exclusive episode every month, and you also at the higher tiers get to do things like vote on episodes and get to sponsor things and get your name maybe in the end of the videos and things like that um you can support us by going to apple podcasts and giving us a rating on the audio podcast version a nice five-star rating that helps people find us and give us a review uh you can get us on twitter at streams midnight uh, to get some shenanigans on there uh, also it's worth mentioning uh, going back to patreon that there is there's is goals of course if we hit 250 we're going to start a monthly live stream mm-hmm. called streams after midnight uh, so do check out that Um, but no, um, that is, uh, that is, that is us. Uh, And I will mention uh, there'll be a deadline. I think the deadline I've got set is the twentieth of October. But if you want to, you can send in your top fifty horror movies of all time, ranked and numbered in order from one through fifty, and the, the movies will get points based on where they land. And there'll be a results show at the end of the month. Me and Tim are going to go through and see what the winners are, you know, mm-hmm. what, what the top 100 horror movies as voted for by you guys, the Mail Fuzz TV community, based on those lists you send in. So make sure you send them to questions at gmail.com where you can just put in the subject top 100 horror movies and just make sure it's very clear where your number one is and number them. And you're just sending a list of top 50, top 50 horror movies and it'll go mm-hmm. towards this, this vote and there'll be a results show of a top 100 uh, that me and Tim will I'll sort of, I'll read out and Tim can react mm-hmm. to them I and we can poke some fun at uh, you guys <laughs> taste uh, basically so that's something we'll do at the end of the month so the deadline for that is the 20th of october so please do that um but that is us that is us so uh thank you once again uh for watching and listening uh we've got reviews going up every day or almost every day during october so thank you very much uh check out uh, some more of them look forward to stream four sometime in the next few months we'll get to that and cross that off the the list and yeah, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching the scary movies, guys, and we'll see you next time.